talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And we're back, gentlemen, compadres. That's the new phrase, compadres. Word. Brent, how are you today? Doing wonderful, sir. Thank you. Excellent. Have you had uh, had some rest last this this past weekend? Did Not you, a whole lot. Did you sleep at all? No. I slept in till seven o'clock on Saturday <laughs> morning. So. Ooh, wow! Man, that seven. Was, that's... That was late for me. Hey, you've been working on your lawnmower, or you thought about working on your lawnmower. Did you get that it. worked out yet? I have yet? not. That's uh, a goal maybe for this afternoon. Man, evening. I got this stuff. It's called Mechanic in a Bottle, and it is marvelous. Had a weed whacker. Would not start at all. Pull, 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 pull. Nothing. Drain the tank. Put this stuff in it, and put, and then prime it, get it in the carburetor. Let it sit for an hour or two. Starts right up. Pretty amazing. It's We'd like stuff. to thank our new sponsor, Mechanic in a <laughs> Mechanic Bottle. Mechanic in a Bottle, that's right. They didn't know it, but they are sponsoring. They're first sponsor. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, that's that that piece right there is worth the price of, of listening to this, because I you guarantee go. you there are people right now going, oh, man, I can't start my mower. So where do they find this incredible... You know, the, yeah. you, they can get it online, or they can get it at uh, Home Depot. What I did was I got the Mechanic in a Bottle gas mixture, mm. and you can actually do two small engines with the one $10 bottle. Pretty good deal, so... Mm. Kevin, how about you? Anything important going on? I'm good, man. It's a good day. All right. All right. I'm I see happy. you're wearing your Georgia Bulldog shirt. I am. Go dogs. Some people have to be proud of them. Hey, man. Hey, we're good. Awesome. Well, this week's topic is a continuation of last week. Last week, we talked about what does it take to, or how do I choose a church? We kind of talked about that, uh, to, and then we got into this, so... Uh, how do I stay at a church? Well, and, let's just preface by saying we kind of talk about our topics. Anyway, <laughs> that's right. You know, if people haven't Once made it up again, by now, unscripted, the, right? These, these are, we'll start with it and end with it. Yeah. Who knows what's in the middle? Yeah. Well, but that's the nature, isn't it? Yeah. This messy. is just a conversation. Messy Christianity. Welcome to messy Christianity. Yeah. Do, do, do. That's right. Unscripted. We are unscripted. So how do we? How do we stay at a church? Because you know. Well, for um, us, we're paid. <laughs> just, yeah, but you know what? That's not enough. That is not enough. I know. I know. I know. I get it. Yeah. Because uh, because church is messy. Yeah, church is hard. Church is tough. I, I think I'll start with this story. Um, we have a, a person in, in at our at our church here that has recently undergone some medical issues, and she said, and she said this publicly. So I'm surprised. She said, "You know what? I'm so thankful for my church." Mm-hmm. And and she was overwhelmed and blown away that the people of God have responded with yeah. just. I mean, she was actually here when she was. Needed it yeah. needed medical, medical attention yeah. and and you know it it everything just worked it seems like seamlessly from taking care of the kids to mm-hmm. meals to Transport transportation all, yeah. get you know what do you have vehicles yeah but but I remember where a handful of years ago there was a question should i even should I even stay there and so you know i I guess what what I said was Aren't you glad you stuck it out? Because the reality is, if you are a part of a church for any length of time, there's going to be a time when you say, I ain't staying. Right. I, I, this is not worth it. So how do you have that staying power? What has to happen? Well, how is, what is the foundation is one of the key things. So if we were prayerful in choosing a church and we felt like that is the church, that's the location where God sent me, he purpose. That's the foundation of where I'm supposed to take roots and start to grow. If we know that that's from God, then we also have to acknowledge that the evil one recognizes that as well and wants to attack it and destroy it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that happens within a week or two, and so we even see that in, in church. 
Folks will come for a few weeks, get plugged in. All of a sudden, they're gone two months later, never to be seen again. For whatever reason, it wasn't the right fit for them. And so we, we kind of excuse it away or they excuse it away, and we come up with these reasons. But let's be honest that the evil one does not want the family of God to grow. Mm. He wants to destroy that. So as soon as there's new life, new blood that's associated with it, out come the claws, and he tries to attack and destroy mm-hmm. it. For others, they have a firm foundation, and and that foundation lasts for a year or two years, three years, but then things start to happen. Something happens. Communication does not happen the way that it's supposed to, or hurt feelings suddenly pop mm-hmm. up from situations, misunderstandings, all of life. Unmet expectations. Unmet, un, unrealistic unmet yeah. expectations. All of these things start to accumulate, and suddenly... I don't know if this is really where I'm supposed to be. Maybe God's calling me somewhere else. Well, I mean, that is a beautiful question, and that's a legitimate question that we should ask. But because of a tough situation, that does not equate to God calling me somewhere else for those who are really passionately pursuing Him. It may occasionally, but that's not always the correlation. It could be God's trying to teach me something here, or I need to stick stick with this because I have something to offer yeah. the hurt and the brokenness that's happening in that situation. Several different angles to look at as mm-hmm. far as that's concerned. Hmm. I'm going to go right for the jugular. <laughs> How do I stay in a church? I, I, one thing I would just right for the throat here. Don't get caught up in gossip. Yeah. Do not get caught up in gossip. Now, now, and I'll, I'll some more on that later, but just don't get caught up in gossip. It's just rampant. In every church I've ever been in, I've seen this so many times, um, where a, a nugget of gossip turns into a big, big deal, and uh, people get hurt. And um, so I, I think there's somebody listening right now that's right in the middle of this. You know, it's just don't get well, caught up in it. I, I think that would be important to look at two streams of this question. The one stream is from a human, mm-hmm. fleshly perspective. Mm-hmm. How do I stay in church? You know, what are okay. the things I can do? Yeah. But the other side is from a spirit-led perspective. Okay. Re- realistically, we or or truthfully, we need to be spirit-led. Sure. You know, we we should always listen to the voice of the God Spirit, of God's Spirit inside of us, and and He will give us wisdom of how to stay and 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 give the ability to stay and all that kind of stuff. But from a human perspective, you know, just the very simple things. Just decide that you're going to be faithful. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you stay in a marriage? You choose to stay Your in a choice. marriage. Yeah. Now, obviously, there are extenuating circumstances, but really, it's a choice. If if it's well, that's, hard, that's a good I... illustration, though, because in a marriage, there are bad days, there sure. are bad weeks, you know, there are bad seasons, even in marriage. Sometimes, you know, where just people are going through stuff, but you made a vow to stay. So in church. There are bad Sundays. There are bad weeks. There, there are bad situations. Yeah, that we had to work through, but we worked through them. I think what people f- don't always see um, is that leading in a church is is it's not cut or dry, black or white. There, there's always there always seems to be um, things that that appear to be one way. But if once you dig down, there's something else. So, in other words, you know, let, let's say uh, there's a family who just leaves. And people look at that and go, well, why did they leave? And the answer might be, well, the pastor told him to leave. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying a yeah, specific—this yeah. is not an illustration of my past. I'm just saying this is a, a, 
a hypothetical, but that, that's very real. Okay, the pastor asked him to leave. And so the church now starts gossiping. Well, hey, did you hear the pastors asked him to leave? Well, really, why was that? Well, I don't know. They seem to be fine to me. And you get all this stuff. But then what you find is there was deep-rooted sin in the family. You know, there was pet, a situation nobody some, knew about. Yeah, some yeah. type of abuse, some type yeah. of, you know, some, some things that are just right. very, very deep. And right. the pastor actually didn't ask him to leave. The pastor simply confronted them on the situation right. and and essentially said, look, you can't stay and be okay with this situation. Right. In, or, in order to be here as part of the family, there's got to be... I mean, that that's what the Bible says to do. But people outside of that office, they never see and never hear that. And because of integrity, the pastors so, don't do, tell the church, hey, this is what happened. I mean, it's a So it's going a back hard. to our last podcast, how do I find a church? One of the things we've talked about a lot in that one was you find a church by finding a family. Yes. And so with a family, you you immerse yourself and you build trust and relationships. So you stay in a church by trusting those that you're immersed with, that family that you're with. So when situations arise, you may not know all the details and you may not understand it, but you can trust this person, persons, not just the pastor, it's other people in the church yeah. to go, I'm not sure what's up, but I trust them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it, there's a relationship that are built. So you also, stay by the relationships. It's also very easy to leave a church when you have never had that connection. Yeah, sure. When you've yeah. never intentionally built that correct foundation which is the previous podcast mm -hmm. but why do why is it important to build a, found, a firm foundation it is so that the future can can be used to impact the world mm -hmm. can be used to impact my family and my community for the cause of Christ mm -hmm. so it's easy to leave a church but is it always the right thing to do and right. how do I choose to stay I, it's a, it's a choice but what's my responsibility my responsibility is to walk in truth and love my my responsibility is to build relationship and be a relationship person even though that may be part of my wiring may not be part of my wiring that is part of what we're called to mm -hmm. do is build those lifelong I say lifelong maybe that's not correct this seasonal seasonal, yeah. seasonal relationships some of which may, may be lifelong some of them may be short-lived but the relationships, and that's the essence of choosing to stay. It's a choice that we have to make. So I'm thinking that uh, I'm thinking through the years of the people who seem to be happiest, most content within the church body. They are people who are not simply consumers of a product, but they are serving. Serving. Say that investing. Again? Investing. Yeah, they're they're investors, and they're also workers. They're they're mm -hmm. actively doing something. Yeah. To give to give their part, and it's not just money, but I will say money's a part of it. Sure. You know, isn't it funny how we uh, we pay for every service out there except for spiritual service, mm -hmm. and somehow we justify it, going, "Well, that's 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 free." Right. Unless <laughs> it's a counseling. Yeah. And unless even, even then, but Christian <laughs> counseling, that's still something that's paid. For. Yeah. That that's a rabbit trail, I know, but it just it it don't. You know, I'm going to pay for cable. I'm going to pay for right. my kids' travel ball. I'm going to pay for my kids books at school, and I'm going to pay for toilet paper for, for their classroom. Mm -hmm. Oh, but I'm not going to give anything to my church because, well, they I, they should just do that. It's like, wait a minute. what? You, it's yeah. <laughs> another topic, right? Well, but but there's so much truth in that. What's that saying about, um, oh, shoot, you, you, you got to invest in it so that you're, you buy that's in. Skin the in buy, the game? Skin in the game, yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's phrase. Skin in the game. So, I mean, once again, if, if somebody doesn't have any skin in the game at a church— 
It's easy to leave. Easy to leave. You're not losing anything. You're not losing a thing. It's like going from Chili's to Applebee's. It's not a big deal. That is the crux of it. Unless you're connected, unless you have skin in the game, um, relationally, monetarily, time, I don't time, timely, then leaving will be pretty easy because you're just moving to another restaurant. Because really, it's about what I what that restaurant can give to me. But if I've got an investment, if I've got roots, sure. then I really have to to ask myself: Is this worth breaking fellowship? Mm-hmm. And quite frankly. You know, within a family, a husband and a wife can have such a sharp disagreement over something. But because they made a commitment, I will love you and I will honor you till death do us part. Mm -hmm. They are forced to work it out. And invariably what they find out is because they've worked it out, they actually go to a whole nother level of relationship. And I'm convinced that for people who are in those kinds of situations in church where it seems to be unsolvable, it seems to be a brick wall, nine times out of ten, that is an opportunity for them to go to a deeper level of relationship mm-hmm. or for them to go backwards, maybe even years relationally. Because when you leave a church, you're actually not solving problems most of the time. You're simply taking burying a problem and putting it in a suitcase and taking it to your next place or avoidance or avoiding it yeah and again that we're not saying don't ever leave a church and we're we're not speaking of a specific person or or or, or instance but these are things we've observed and it breaks my heart because Mm -hmm. people miss the blessings of god because they're so easy to jump ship so then how do we advise people when times are tough either in their own personal life because people leave churches sometimes because of hard situations in their personal life. And that just affects all aspects of their life, work, relationships outside of work and home and church. So how do we encourage people who are going through tough times, difficult times, even with friends within the church, within their local congregation? This is such a... How do do you encourage someone in that? That's such a big question with a lot of answers to it, I think. But it, it depends on the on situation, the situation yeah. a lot because it may be that as tough as as tough as as tough as it is, it might be because it, it may be so tough because um, idols and roots that have been there a long time are, are being pulled out, and that's the most painful part right there. At the you're right on the brink of being oh, cured man, or yeah. healed, but it's like the most vicious because all that uh, warfare is fighting back, and so the the easiest thing is to just not want to deal with that and. Go somewhere else, you know, but it could be that that person is right on the brink because somebody in the family, somebody in the church family has really come alongside this person and is lovingly actually helping them. But in helping them, it's hurting them in the temporary, but healing them in the long term. So that's just one answer to your question. (laughs) That's not saying it's always like that, but I think for somebody, they've really, we've really got to dig deep and go, what's really going on here? You know, am I just lashing out because it's me, you know? Um, well, let's be honest. Most of the time when things arise, it's because of accountability has been brought to the surface. Yep, yeah, I, I would say most of the time that's probably not though. an accurate time, explanation, yeah. but many times 
there are instances where when people are held accountable, simple, similar mm-hmm. to, to your example earlier, Jeff, is when accountability happens is when we start to run away. Yeah. Why? Because accountability scares us. Yeah. Now, biblically, we understand that we are supposed to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to have godly people, men and women in our lives who are encouraging us, equipping us, building us up in the faith. It's uh, and, and when we're even when accountability is given in love, we see examples of that in Galatians six, Second Thessalonians uh, three, and and many examples in the Scripture. It's our role as Christ followers to correct, uh, um, hold accountable things of that nature in love, but that's not easy. And because of our feelings, because of as you were saying earlier, Kevin, possible idolatry in our life, mm-hmm. we choose to run away and not deal with it, not face it, and many times we lash out and blame the person that is, quite honestly, trying to help us or trying to hold us accountable, trying to help us in our walk with Christ. And instead of being mad at that person, if we're really honest, we're really mad at God for calling us out Mm -hmm. for our sin nature. And if I don't have to deal with my sin nature, then I feel like everything's okay. But when my sin nature Mm -hmm. bubbles up to the surface, surface and I have to be held accountable for it, then suddenly... I start lashing out because I don't want to deal with the internal struggles and issues that are going on in my own heart and life. But the easiest thing to do is to just pack the bags and go to somewhere else and everything will be okay for a season. I mean, it, it is, it it is possible. And lots of people do this to go all the way through life without ever dealing with the things that, that prohibit us from being all that God would have us to be. I mean, it's possible. And that's what, you know, a lot of people do. Well, you know, speaking of that sin nature, uh, it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Our natural response to sin is to hide, to cover, and to blame. And so when it comes to staying in a church, when we get too close or when somebody gets too close to us and when we start to be uncomfortable maybe with with a lifestyle or whatever, well, the first thing we do is, well, w- when it starts to be exposed, we're no longer able to be hidden. Because, you know, let's face it, we can come to church, do our church thing, and leave, and people cannot have any idea what's going on behind the scenes. But when that starts to be exposed, when some accountability gets there, then we try to cover it up. You know, we make excuses. Well, it's this, or it's that, or it's them. Or or actually, the third part is it's them. And when we can no longer cover it up, when we are fully revealed, let's blame somebody else. And here's what happens. You've seen it, it just as well as I have. We tend to blame the people who reveal it. Sure. We, we, we attack the messenger because they're the ones who are closest right. and they're the easiest target. And the sad thing about it is the messenger is oftentimes the one who loves you the most. Yeah. And so you're, you're essentially biting the hand that feeds you. You're essentially saying you're the one who loves me and cares about me so much that you would tell me the truth, but I reject you. I would rather go back to people who don't care about me and don't love me because they won't tell me the truth. And so we, it's totally opposite, but it goes to what you're saying, Kevin. It's mm-hmm. the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. I think we have to realize that this is not just a membership in a in a club. This is a relationship. This is a family that we have been grafted into, and it's a God, it's God's doing. Throughout God's Word, God speaks to the individual, and God does work in people's lives but throughout God's Word, we don't probably talk about this enough. God does stuff through groupings of people. God mm-hmm. does stuff through, we would call it the church. We would call it the family. God moves in a special way 
through the body of Christ because all the giftedness is coming together. And uh, we can't have that unless we come together. And so the the enemy comes to steal and to kill and destroy, not just us as individuals, but us as a corporate body together. He gets in our midst and he whispers in the ear of somebody and he, you know, he it, it antagonizes us and starts gossip and, and and all of these things come together and it works against us. So this is what we're, this is not a small issue we're up against yeah. here. Um, and, and as we're talking about this too, I'm, I'm, there are, there are two camps of people who who are going to hear this today. There are those who take pride in saying I'm a peacekeeper, and then there are those who are like the truth slayers who just want to. And and and, and both either, are extremes. And both are extremes. cowardice and pride. And both are wrong. Okay, so <laughs> that was know, rude, but that's but, true. but it's true. You know, it does, but that's truth, and that's the truth. So we, I want to speak briefly to those yeah. two groups of people. You guys can too, but to the one that's saying I'm the peacekeeper, and and by that meaning I'm putting my head in the sand and just not saying anything to anybody. Yeah, you're not helping anybody by doing that. Sometimes God reveals stuff to us, and we're supposed to hold somebody accountable. To the truth slayer, you, you might be the issue yourself. Um, you know, you don't have to call out every single, single thing that you see all the time. And if it's not, even if it is truth, if it's not done in presented love. in love, yeah. then you, what you have just done, what we have just done by doing that is sin. Yes, it is. Agreed. Truth is with the absence of love is sin itself. I've had in my past, even while being on paid staff, I've had a few incidences in my past where somebody has lovingly um, loved me enough to pull me aside and correct me. Um, and I hated it. I might have even hated them in the moment. You know what I mean? Some of them may be listening now, but it was it was changing for me, you know, because what I did was pull back and went, Oh, maybe they're right, you know. And I didn't say that out loud at first because pride got in the way. But with a little bit of time and a little bit of looking at the situation, I realized that I need a little bit of a course correction myself. So I'm thankful today. You know, that's a good case scenario. But but it was done lovingly. And know? and and you receiving it had to maintain a teachable spirit. Yeah, I agree. So we use that a lot in in these podcasts that we do on a regular basis mm-hmm. teachable spirit is so, so important absolutely vitally important and then as an individual who's trying to determine whether or not I should stay at a church things have gone south for whatever reason relationships have gone south so one of the questions to ask yourself am i walking in holiness mm-hmm. am i walking in purity am i cleansing myself before the Father? Am I seeking His holiness and His purity and His eyes and His ears? Or am I trying to emulate His lifestyle? And because of that, attacks are coming. Or is it not truly um, conviction? I mean, I'm, I'm condemnation. It's, it's conviction. It's the Holy yeah. Spirit telling me that what I'm doing is wrong. And then I, I lash out and I run away. Truly perceiving and asking, is what is what is of God in this situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's such an important thing to do some self examination because when when we run in that sin, in that uh, instance, we're actually just running with our own baggage because sure. we we are the problem. It's so easy to say to somebody else, "You're the problem," but really, so many times it's us. And, and until we look in the mirror and say, "Hey, this is what's going on," or a both end. Yeah, yeah, that's we, true. We won't that's even so make true. we won't even make that. You know. <clears throat> It's almost like, what is the expression? 
there's three sides to every story, your yeah. side, their side, and, and the then truth. the truth. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the truth somewhere in the middle. And that's truly the essence of almost all relationships. We are all flawed. We all mess up. We all mm-hmm. make mistakes. But the heartbeat of it is love. Am I willing to look at the other person and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong? Am I willing to learn from the situation? Am I willing to maintain a teachable spirit and acknowledge I don't have it all figured out? I've got a long way to go. So to stay at a church, you've got to decide to stay. Yes. You've got to examine your own heart and say, what part of this is, is my responsibility? You've got to learn to love, and I, and I would say learn and or grow to love. Mm-hmm. I will tell you as a pastor here, coming on 16 years, I had to learn and grow in love to the people here, uh, predominantly to First Baptist. You know, there was a, uh, a surface-level love, but it wasn't until I genuinely learned to love that, that uh, relationships started being fully formed. And it, it, it's the same for everybody within the church. I performed a vow, vow, renew, vow, V-O-W, vow, vow renewal. Vow. That's a hard word. Vow renewal service last week, 10-year uh, anniversary for a couple. And we kind of joked before the ceremony itself, just we were really saying the exact same things that they had said 10 years earlier, but how much weight they carried this time, yeah. you know, because they, they, they knew what they they meant it. They meant it in their heart. They meant it, you know. I think the same with church. That you you get to another level of love, um, and, and only and honestly, only time does that. Really, that's only commitment and time can can bring that. Um, that's the only way to get there. I mean, you, you you're only going to have a relationship has to grow, has to be built. You can only have so much of a relationship in year one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it takes time. So. My hope and prayer for people is that they would get to the point, I, I, I'm, I'm at this point here, I've been here long, that it would absolutely crush them to leave their church. Not because of what they will, not, not because of the discomfort of leaving, but because of the relationship sure. that would be strained and stressed. I would really want people to experience that kind of connection yeah. with the people in their church body. But let's be realistic, Okay. You cannot have that kind of relationship with everybody in the church body if you're bigger than 75 people. Once the church starts to grow, which honestly, we see a lot of people leave churches across the country because of growth. And and the the, the, uh, response is always the same. Well, they're just getting too big. What they're really saying is, I cannot keep up with the number of relationships that I think I should have. I think I should be in a relationship with everybody on the same level. Well, look, Jesus didn't even do that. Yeah, so unless a, unless you're greater than Jesus, lay that lay that expectation down. It, it, I don't know who said it first. You, as you grow bigger, you got to grow smaller. <clears throat> so whether it's a home group or whether it's a Sunday school class or ladies knitting club, whatever it is, you got to have something within the body that's that you're having your relationships, and that that's your relationships, the deep relationships. You can say hello and sure. you know casual. To a lot of people, but um, yeah, Jesus did it. So, and that that is often labeled as clicks, which I guess it could get to that point. But really, the the root of so, a click is a deep abiding relationship with other people. I call it a family because family, yeah. I, my family comes to to this congregation together and call us a click. We're, we're closer with each other than we are to everybody else here. 
Because you're a family. Because you're yeah. a family. And it's then, supposed to be that and way. And then moderately, I'm a little bit closer to those that go to my home group than I am to everybody else. You know, and it grows out from there. But it's who you spend time with. It's who you know the exactly. best. So, so that, that's the final key. Time. The way you stay at a church, spend time with the people of the church. And I would add, because you said it earlier, just as a reminder to serve. Yeah. Plug in and serve. So it's not, not just absorb, but but do <laughs> take and give. You know what I mean? So do yeah. both. Find a place to serve. Uh, I have a, a good, I say it's a good, it's my creation, so I guess I can say that. Um, in order for a, a wireless microphone to work, there are two components that must work. Mm. You must have a transmitter, which is the microphone, and you must have a receiver, which receives the signal from the microphone. If you've got a good transmitter without a receiver, it ain't going to work. Right. If you've got a good receiver without a transmitter, it ain't going to work. So for where it comes to people, you've got to have your, your giver and your taker have both got to be working. And I think that's the way it is with church. You've got to be a giver and a receiver. Because one, one, one of the things that we like to, we like to just kind of ignore sometimes in our own life is, I want to give, 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 but if somebody wants to give to me, I'm going to tell them, no, I'm okay. That's just as bad as right. being one who only takes yeah. because it's ultimately pride. It's saying, no, I want to invest in your life, but I don't want, I'm not going to give you the opportunity to love me. Mm. I only get to love you. You can't love me. Mm. And that's not relationship. That's one-sided. That's one way. Um, and that's hard to do, and it's hard to hear. But the truth is, you really don't know what it's like to give until you've received. I think the, the person I mentioned earlier today, she has experienced what she has given, and it now looks totally different, and it's a beautiful thing. And, and that person, too, I, just as of today, I, is itching to start giving again. So. <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> Ready, yeah. Oh, God, is so... You know, I was thinking in my mind, I wonder if that's a broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> that just went back... Uh, going back to a sermon a couple weeks yeah, I remember, ago. But. I remember. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, it's time to uh, wrap it up. We're going to do a third podcast, and the third podcast is, okay, It's if it's time to leave a church, which, look, sometimes you should not stay, right? If it's time to leave, how do you leave? There's a right way, and there's a wrong way. We're going to talk about that. So we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. You want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.